Hey, everybody, and welcome. Whoa, hey. 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 Was that hey. too loud? Hey. 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 Super loud. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't get headphones. Yeah. Oh, hi. Uh, hi. Hi, everybody. It's nice to, nice to have you listening to us. Whew. This is the Zero Chance Podcast. If their speakers haven't been blown out by now. Hey, that's Rick Romero. He Ooh. joins me every week, and he's, you know, falling right into form and making fun of me right from the get-go. I'm Brady Phelps, and you are listening to the Zero Chance Podcast. This week... We are joined. We are very lucky to be joined by the one, the only Darren Smith. Darren, how are you, my friend? I'm great. <laughs> how do we do? Uh, do we blow that we're out? Doing. We're just yelling. We're just, just everybody just yell. On the count of three, everybody yell into yell. your microphones. Just an engineering nightmare. I know. Right I'm now. So sorry. We'll You're, take care of that in post editing. Yeah. yeah we'll take yeah. care of it. That's on yeah. me. Thank you, guys. Jeez. Thank yeah. you for the invite. Absolutely. We are here at Thunderhawk Ailments. We are back at the home base. Home base. We, we, had, yeah. we had declared. Thunderhawk, our home base of all Zero Chance podcasts. We refuse to go anywhere else. Yeah, this until until the second week that we after we declared it, we went right back to Aylesmith <laughs> because we had had to change the days because Rick was in Disneyland and you were at the Goals game. Well, that wasn't the reason we no, changed no, though. No, no, that no, no, was, no, no, that was. I did go to the Goals that game, was. but it was only because you were going to Disneyland. <laughs> anyway, so we did it. Now we're back. We're back in our home base. What do you think? What do you think of Thunderhawk? You're drinking a beverage. I am. Having a war party Belgian pale ale. Yeah. Uh, I like where we all work, which is up in the Mira Mesa area. Yeah. Lots of places like this. Never been here before. So thank you for the invite there. Thank you for the introduction. I'm sure post-work some days we'll be over here. Absolutely. But I've been exploring around a little bit just because it, it beats sitting on the 805. It, it's a hotbed. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff happening, especially cool like really cool super like super local places like this you know like the more of these kind of places with charm and character that you can that i can find like the better off it is like nothing against ballast or ailsmith or any of these spots right like they're great and they're these huge temples to craft their their purpose absolutely like i i really do like as i was telling you guys before my wife is in the wine business so we go up there and you go to these amazing wineries but sometimes going to these little tiny places, you know, with just, you know, the dude's a farmer, you know, and he makes some wine and you're in his living room. Like, it's so cool. It is such a, you know, it's such a cool vibe. Like, just even listening to these guys talk a little bit about their product. Yeah, I mean, John product Miller, is like great. San Diego yeah. kids that decided to start a brewery. Yeah, it's like a, a local dream. Yeah, you know? it really yeah. is. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool happy spot. that they're living out um, a dream. I, I hope I can find it again. Like, you know, <laughs> you know? you did. So like when I come here after work, sometimes you can be like, like, yo, uh, I know yeah. Brady. I know Rick. Remember me? Like, hey, let's open a door. But uh, hopefully I can I can find it again. I think you'll be just fine. Yeah. So uh, is it weird yet or is it normal yet? I guess I should say saying my wife. You just got married. Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's bit. a different thing, right? I mean, yeah. has, do you, does the ring bug you? I spent probably six months spinning my ring on I, my finger because I, I was like, what is, what is this foreign object? Yeah. So maybe weird. maybe this will sound weird based on your guys' own experiences or anybody who's been married listening, their experiences. But for me, I actually, I went to bed with it one time since we've been married, which is going on a whopping six weeks. How long for you guys? I'm um, like 14 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What? That's a long time. Why are you laughing yeah. at that? Well, the way you said it. You're like, <laughs> well, uh, you, he was dropping uh, weeks on me. No, no, no. There was no. Dude, I am. I'm obsessed with my wife. Right. I love her to death, and uh, obsessed in a non-creepy good way. Uh, like three years. Let's, let's bail him out of this. Like yeah. three years. Yeah. Um, I've now gone. To, I've gone math. to bed one time because I did the dishes, right? And like I didn't know. Like I don't know what the rules are. You 
Do you wear it all the time? Do you wear it in the shower? Do you wear it while you're washing dishes? Do you wear it when you go to the gym? Right. You know, I do a lot of hot yoga. Do you wear it? Like, so I was sort of trial and error. That's like going to slip right off your finger doing hot yoga, right? Not yet. Not okay. yet. Hopefully it doesn't. But uh, I took it off to do the dishes, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and like 2 o'clock in the morning, I noticed it wasn't there. Okay. <gasps> and I was like, oh, like I got out of bed because I remembered I took it off next to Wait, the at kitchen. Wait, 2 in the morning? You didn't wait till the, in the morning? No. Got up, put it on. Went back oh, wow. to bed with it. I I love it. I mean, I. It's a yeah. good looking ring, by the way. Thank you. you. Should post that puppy on Twitter. Unicorn jewelry and what? Are we allowed oh. to promote? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are the rules hey, for this podcast? No, there are no rules. Okay. We are looking for an advertiser. <laughs> so, so by all means, yeah. unicorn, a yeah. great looking ring. I, Thank you. I didn't even realize I was promoting you, yeah, and I will do go. it again. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm good to drop several of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Unless uh, you guys reel me in a little bit. Hey. But no, Mary life's been great. Like it's it's. Um, Somebody just, you know, I was just asked today, like, it, it's just how elevated everything was, you know, is it different? Probably not. Like, you know, we stay home, we cook, we yeah. do the things that we normally do. She puts do. up with all your TVs She puts up wall. with all the televisions on the wall, all that sort of stuff. But uh, it just feels like everything's been elevated a little bit. I don't, you know, hopefully it, it remains that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope it does too. It certainly has for me. I mean, I... I I do now. I feel like I'm gonna have to backpedal because apparently my tone was terrible. <laughs> Does your wife listen to your podcast? Absolutely not. Okay. Not not. I, I think her friends probably listen to it yeah. more than she's ever listened. She doesn't. I, I you know I told her I said hey you know I, I finally started the podcast and she she had I my my kids are six and eight and uh, I guess they were listening hoping that you know so maybe there uh, there aren't qualifiers. They're not going to listen to this podcast, so you're fine. But, you know, we do try to keep it fairly family-friendly. Okay. Um, so, like, PG-13? Yeah, sure. PG-13. Okay. Scream 3. Um, but but we – she had them listening to it, and she was like, oh, that was really fun. It was fun for them to hear your voice because back when I used to do um, the Padre Social Hour show, she would turn that, that TV show on. She would never watch. She'd put it on the background while she was doing something else, and the kids would look up and be like, Daddy! And she would take pictures of them, and they'd be like, why isn't Daddy talking back to us? Because they didn't understand yeah, the yeah. concept of like, there's dad, he's talking. How, we can hear him. Why can't he hear us? You know, obviously they were younger. And wait a minute, they didn't used to text you during the show, um, and and challenge you to say certain <laughs> words. My kids did not. My oh, friends okay. did. Goff, okay. Goff is the king of because you know whenever Goff used to come onto your show, mm -hmm. and I used to try to get him to say crazy words on your show. And then he returned the favor to me on social hour and would give me these outlandish words to try to slip into the show. By the way, you were great at that. Goff wasn't the only. I used to do it, too, because I used to see Brady on social hour and I'd text him and that's challenge true. you. Yeah, I actually forgot that. You and I remember you would do it with a quickness like you would get it right out of commercial break. <laughs> it would <laughs> be would one of the first things out of your mouth. Either get it out of the way right just, away. Right. Just yeah. boom. There the most it is right there. You and no Bill connection. Center. <laughs> that's really. Thank you for yeah. saying that's very kind. I certainly it's funny how often that happens in this business. It happens so much more like you were just saying with with Goff. I can tell you I've done it. And I did it when when guests would go on the Jim Rome show. Guests that I know. Oh yeah, I would challenge them because that's you know you, let's find the biggest platform and try to see if yeah. we can really. Yeah, that's great. Well, we all got to make our own fun, don't we? Absolutely, yeah, exactly. You know? Like I would challenge certain guys, and and I remember one time, I challenged AJ Hinch to use the word Cabernet, <laughs> on with Jim Rome, and uh, I can't wait. He used Cabernet, 
And Rome like took it and used it as a pivot point to go in a whole separate conversation about like, AJ, talk about that. Like you like wine. You're oh, a no. California guy. <laughs> like, oh, and it just God. became this whole three minute conversation AJ's before like, AJ got off the air. <laughs> he got bonus points for that one That's for so sure. Good. Yeah. Dude, how talk to me about that. I love there's there's a few things. You know, obviously this podcast, we the last thing I want to do is feel like I'm interviewing you. I know I've said to you before personally and on you know online that I believe you are certainly in San Diego, the best interviewer in the business. I love um, listening to the interview. I love the way that you're able to extract information out of whether it's an athlete, whether it's another media guy, whether it's some sort of public figure, whoever they are, the way that you're able to get them to just let it flow um, is unlike any other that I've experienced in this market. And so I love that. And so the thought of me interviewing you or Rick interviewing you is rather daunting. And so we're not doing that. We're just having a conversation and hanging out. But I do want to know, like, what what is that like when you – I know you get close to guys who, whether they're in the Padres organization, probably guys in the Chargers organization previously before they, you know, left us. But what – what how, how do you draw – like, what is that like to bring those guys back on? I mean, it was so cool to be like that – I mean, I think it was quite literally, did that on purpose, the day after the World <laughs> Series. Didn't Hinge come on? Uh, he did. He did, actually, before they, they hopped on a flight and flew back to Houston. What is that like? How do you navigate those relationships that you build when they're also I, – I, 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 what do you call them when they're just – like, quiet, like I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know the correct terminology. Right, like, like how interview. do you separate your yeah. professional obligation mm-hmm. from – well, you know, it's, it's easy to do this in talk radio or in this world, in this environment, because we don't have to operate by – journalism standards you know like newspaper guys are supposed to whether they do or don't totally separate subject but hard shot at ac i heard it go ahead (laughs) no no this is this is this is not the scott kaplan (laughs) you don't right yeah no the the gratuitous shot taking yeah Yeah, you don't don't take shots maybe after a couple more war parties we'll see what happens but you know i I mean honestly i don't you know i didn't get into the business so that I could you know, jock sniff and saddle up next to all these guys so that one day, you know, I could have the World Series winning manager on the day after he won the World Series. It right. just sort of happens right. because, you know, we all are in work environments. Everybody listening is in a work environment. Who do you hang around with? Who do you end up becoming friends with? Who do you end up dating, marrying? You end up people in that ecosystem oftentimes. Yeah. So it just sort of happens with certain guys. You know, AJ you was just one. Have that right. Like AJ was one. We didn't, you know, I wasn't determined that like AJ Hinch was going to become a really, really good yeah, friend I of mine. I need AJ to be my best date. Right. Like, I, you know, oh, like I'm begging you. You know, I don't send him obnoxious text messages to like beg him to come on my show. <laughs> right. That's a shot at somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, so, be me. Yep. Got it. What? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. No, no. I, I know where he was going on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I um, thought you were knocking me. But, you know, you as far as like where the line goes, I've never covered anybody in San Diego who didn't think that the line was about just being treated fairly. Okay. Simple. So like, it's, it's you blurry, treat us yes, fairly. Just be fair. You can, you can, you can criticize us. You can second guess us. You can say that we, uh, you know, we're inadequate. You can, you can say, you know, you Rick and I go way back. We go back even well before you and me, Brady. Yeah, we go back to the days of Sandy Alderson. Yeah, 
And I, I say, like, there's a lot of people who think that, like, Sandy and I don't get along because we had a couple of on air. And, and this is where Rick, like, he was wearing me out via email. Like, I don't even know, like, what the I communication was, yeah. vehicle was at the time. I want to say this was, like, kind of before, like, before really Facebook, the Twitter days right? yeah, and Facebook yeah. days. Yeah. And he's just, like, crushing me on, on email once about an interview that I had uh, with Sandy. Wait, you were crushing him? I, I was. Yeah. What? I thought it was funny. I wish I, I could remember funny. the line it's of, like, you with your... It's amazing that he came on this it's, podcast It's the not, not on my watch. Right. You guys just did that in unison. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I should just step back for a while. I'm, uh, uh, finally, I'm going to stop talking over you, Rick. You uh, guys just carry on. This oh, I, I don't know what to do with this mic here. I, so, <laughs> the funniest thing was Bernie Wilson. He's like, hey, uh, RJ Spro should come. I'm all, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of a co host on the podcast. So, yeah. you know, I don't do much talking. Yeah, but, team Saw Reunion team happening. Team Saw Reunion. But, you know, like, as in, I'm using that as an example because I know Rick will remember. Like, Sandy never. You know, he always felt like he was being treated fairly, professionally. And that's just what you sign up for when you're one of these guys. Kevin Towers was, he knew. Like, I remember, like, you walk down the field, Kevin be like, oh, really, Derek? Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, really. But, you know, as long as it's not personal, and it never is, you know, even in, in our state of heightened sensitivities now yeah. where you see what all these teams are doing, back to, the, like, the social hour stuff, right, where teams are trying to create their own – media empire and yep. media outlets so that they can control the message a little more. Uh, and everybody's doing it. It's not just a San Diego thing. But, yeah, I mean, as long as you're fair, I've never run across anybody who ever complained that they weren't being treated fairly, even if it was in a critical situation. And if somebody did complain about any form of criticism that was done in – that was done fairly like i wouldn't want to hang around with that per i wouldn't have a personal relationship with that person anyway right right yeah because that, that wouldn't be worth my while and right. and that's just not somebody who i'm gonna pal around with well i i i think that as i listen to what you're saying i, I feel like that speaks actually to your character because it's because you're not being the obnoxious come on my show guy and you're not overbearing that you are a likable person and so if you have common interests with someone then they you know naturally become your friend and it's that th the fact that you're not starstruck by these guys I mean, you've you've interviewed some of the greatest athletes on the planet and you're 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 not fumbling over your words you know you're able to have just an even-keeled conversation with these guys and i think that's super appealing to people who are in high-profile spots i've got a um a close friend that i was with out in hawaii and we just a couple weeks ago and i ended up uh, being invited and going out on John John Florence, who I'm sure that neither of you are too in fully embedded in the surf culture, but John John Florence is the greatest surfer in the world. And he's been number one for years, and he is second, probably as far as big names go, only to maybe Kelly Slater. I mean, Kelly Slater is like 30-something in the world. John's number one. And Kelly Slater is probably also like 45 now, right? Right, exactly. But, <laughs> but the argument there is that Ke John John now is better than Kelly ever was in his prime. Okay. You know, like that. Okay. And maybe surfers who are listening, maybe, you know, argue with me on that. Is, that a, is that a hot take or is that like. <laughs> it's not a hot take. An I think established. Hot that's like take, me yeah. reading somebody else's smart opinion and okay. regurgitating <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up, you know, hanging out with John John for the day and I was just being normal and treating him like a normal person. I wasn't ever like, hey, bro, can we get a picture? Um, because my friend said to me this line and has really stuck with me. It's like, if you get in these, you know, kind of high profile situations and you try to, um, you know, say like, Hey, can, can we grab a picture? Or do you mind if I, you know, let's grab a selfie or let's do this. You know, there might be fun, friendly types when you do that. But the second you ask a guy to take a picture with you, 
It's like you're never going to be that guy's friend. Um, you're always going to be a fan. And that really stuck with me. And it's not that I didn't say, like, John John, because I think I'm going to be best friends with John John Florence. That's not the point. But I think that it's the the way that you carry yourself in those interviews that you don't have that fanboy sort of mentality and that, like, you know, vulture mentality of come, 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 that people are probably gravitate to want to be friends with you. And I would think, you know, Phil, Nev Phil Nevin, I mean, the guys that I, in my head, I'm like, okay, AJ Hinch, Phil Nevin, those are the two guys that probably even Jed Hoyer mm -hmm. that, that come to mind right away as guys that you ended up, you know, just growing close with because of your role and their role. And, and then as they leave to different markets, you're able to keep that relationship. Sure. Going. You know, and, and, you know, to your point about taking pictures, it actually happened at our wedding where somebody wanted to take a picture of somebody and post it on Twitter. And it was like, uh, I'd actually prefer that we don't do this. Yeah. You know, so and that's tough. That's embarrassing right. probably for you. And, Maybe for them, I don't know. It was okay, you know. It, it was fine. Like you know, they were, they were, they were happy to take pictures. But but that same situation came up where it's like, you know, me drinking my hand, this environment, maybe not the best. Right. You know, um, there are and a lot of guys who just won't do that. You know, they they just because what good can come from that? Even from my own personal experience. You know, I remember one time when I was living downtown. You know, some it was like it was late. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not a choir boy by any stretch. You know, I like <laughs> going like out Rick. and enjoying myself, and I, you know, I like to think I do it responsibly. But somebody asked to take a picture late at night, and sure, no problem. And was walking out of a bar. It's probably around closing time, so it was late enough. Yeah. And took a picture, and yeah, when somebody takes a picture, like your eyes are half closed. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow that picture ended up circulating around. This goes to show you how old it was, also. It ends up circulating around the Union Tribune. Oh my gosh! Message boards. Is that even right? Oh. Is that even the right terminology? You're thinking of MySpace. <laughs> no, it Maybe was, it was MySpace. <laughs> yeah, the sign on San Diego. Yeah, message yeah, yeah. Boards. There were like message yeah. boards uh -huh. there where people would go, and they just, you know, it was the pre prelude to everything <laughs> like right, we all we deal all with now, now in social yeah. media. And I'll never forget, like, oh, here he is. He's drunk. He's stoned. He's in the gas lamp. And I actually had a client who contacted the station, a sponsor who contact who contacted the station, and said, like. Hey man, anything we need to worry about here? And I was like, Oh my gosh! You know, and and that's one time. I'm, yeah, I'm, it doesn't happen often. Right, you know, it really doesn't. I'm not, you know, that's not my world. I don't live in that that universe where I get recognized all the time and strung out like that. But you know, I just all it takes is one time, yep. and you remember it forever. Yep. You know, and and just having a client, having a sponsor, a radio sponsor, you know, even in the heyday of radio, where advertising was was <laughs> overflowing you know which is not what it is today but having one person express and and you know sort of plant that seed it makes you think twice oh, so absolutely. like i know plenty of people who like somebody comes up and says hey you mind if i take a picture you know, you're in a restaurant you're in a bar you know i'll, I'll go outside in three minutes but yeah. no drink in their hand nothing like that you yeah because then because who knows the way a picture gets manipulated and spread around now seriously so, yeah like it's and by the way i mean it's you know, you don't have to just be some big, high-profile AM radio host. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you could be uh, running your your local podcast. You know, anybody at any time could be that person in that situation. Yeah, we'll have to Which check is out sort the, of crummy the pictures that Caitlin took earlier. Yeah. Make sure yeah. Brady's not looking uh, looking yeah. a little off here. Well, you guys both have an empty glass in front of you. I know. I full know. Full, you know. So like, people are like, look <laughs> at these lushes. That's a good point. I mean, within arm reach, I have five <laughs> glasses in front of me. Yeah, it's yeah. A <laughs> And you know, it's sort of the weird thing about the internet is like, you you know, you don't know 
what yeah <laughs> like, how people will misinterpret what people will do or with how it. people could misinterpret right even like an actual picture you know yeah. it's, it's just a very weird time well there's like the remember the aj preller when he was inside the denny's that guy got the yeah. picture taken with them and then that turned into like a whole like meme basically mm. um then trevor with the middle finger that that became a thing like you never know Right. And and those are likable pe- people right now. Exactly. Imagine if for whatever reason they were in some form of, you know, what if what if it were Trevor going through a contract negotiation? Yeah. And somebody who, uh, you know, wasn't for whatever reason, took the position that Trevor was overpaid would say, hey, look at this. And he also, you know, this is the behavior. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Is this know, the type of guy we want to be yeah, involved with? Let's you know, dock his, you know, offer by eight million or something. Yeah, and you Trevor's. Know? Yeah pretty well established now that he can he can pretty much do anything he wants exactly. although i think when that was floated out it was right when he was going for his hall of fame bid and yeah. not that i think that a picture like that would really have that's why keith law didn't want it. <laughs> now why. we know that's why oh, oh man gosh. yeah but it's you know it definitely it, it has you know it has a little double-edged sword quality to it and when you when you do that sort of stuff for yeah. sure like it's you know it's just a different it's just a weird world like there's just, just people are just really weird with this sort of stuff you know you could say the thing that you find to be the most benign you know you could you could say like you know hey i want to promote something that's charitable for a good cause well you know all of a sudden somebody comes back and has oh you realize that that charity did yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they donated oh so if you go with that you clearly don't like you know this and and then Mm -hmm. you get attacked all of a sudden yeah yeah which is there's always somebody critical of everything which is, you know, even the most, even the thing that you think could not possibly in a million years be criticized right. gets criticized. See, that, that's interesting that you say that because when I, I look at you in the San Diego, you know, media landscape, and I feel like you have done an incredible job at navigating not only, you know, the professional relationships that you are, you know, not sponsors, uh, you know, professional sports teams, uh, collegiate sports teams. Uh, and then, but then this newer, you know, I use new relatively speaking, but you know, this blogosphere or Twitter sphere, um, it feels like you've been able to almost keep across the board, all parties fairly, um, content with you and your, and your performance interview. And I think that probably speaks to you just like you said earlier, being fair, but how, how do you navigate? Like, how do you, I feel like you relate so well to the, like all the podcasters love you. And then, you know, real media guys, I hear them come on, national guys, you know, CBS, NBC, ESPN, all these guys, you know, they love you. Um, how do you navigate, like, the, the the little schmuck, zero chance podcaster guys, and then, like, the, the headliner national guys, and those, those relationships and keep everybody kind of, I don't know, feel like on your team? Um, well, it's Worst not... Worst question ever asked, by the way. It, well, it's, it's not... Only because I don't have a good answer. I don't really have a good answer for it. In that it's not part of an overall strategy. And maybe that answer is just, like you said, you're being yeah, yourself. Like, you're being like, fair. You're being, you know, who you are to these guys. And they they respect that. Yeah, like I, I've gotten to know you a little bit over the years. And I see Rick all the time at the urinal. <laughs> so, and Oh, are we doing, are we doing, <laughs> is this guy talk? Are we doing urinal? So, is this uh, talk to rocks? What? Are we doing urinal talk? That's the actual men's room. Oh, got it. <laughs> not, I got actually it. Not a see show. him in the men's I'm room. Sorry. Work I, in the I same totally building. misunderstood. That's uh, on me. But uh, I, I don't really have an answer for that because I never really, I never really thought about how to, 
be in the good graces. I don't, number one, I, and I appreciate what you're saying. I don't know that it's as universal as you make it out, but I, I don't, you know, I don't think about that a lot. I don't think about how I can, you know, keep the local media on my, my side. I don't think about how, you know, I don't, I don't personally, it's not my, it's not my job to really care what the athletes think about us. Um, you can't really worry about that. I mean, I, I would like to think it's just a reflection of the fact that, that, you know, I've mostly been fair, um, and not personal and not crappy to people, you know, like what you, you know, what you give out is what you get back. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't want to get too far down into my yoga, yogi stuff, (laughs) but like, you know, that, that, you know, the karma that you put out there is what you get back because it's not always the case. But maybe there's a little something to it. it. It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I wish I had something more insightful. Yeah, and to I don't say. know if like I'm I looking for, you know, some, some incredibly deep. I don't have like a, a, a master strategy of, you know, why Padre's <laughs> Jagoff doesn't, or if whatever he is now, Seals Jagoff, like why he doesn't crush me the way he crushes other members of the media. Right. I don't, you know, I don't really have an answer for that. But, but if you look at, you know, you, you take, I mean, and these are extreme cases, I know, but, you know, the Cilios, Kaplan's, I mean, even, uh, you know, I feel like probably a much milder sense, Marty, you know, there are groups of people that like hate those guys, you know, each one obviously different. It's not just a blanket. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like I never see the, the, the Twitter pitchforks come out for, for you. And so that's, that's kind of why I make, I make the distinction because it's, it, it feels you're not looking hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Listen, I mean, the Cilio stuff speaks for itself. When you come in with that resume. I know. How do you even get a job? But listen, I, what are you supposed to say? Uh, Scott Kaplan's an antagonist, and he'd be the first to tell you that. Yeah, and he's very and good at Scott it. And Scott thrives in an environment that is um, controversial, that is uh, pushing the envelope. You know, I, I think that, you know, Scott has always said, and Scott would say this if he were sitting here, like he, he, he likes living in a world of conflict that's similar to that of a reality television show. I feel Scott, like more like wrestling, professional wrestling yeah, with him. Yeah. yeah, he's a heel. Yeah. You know, he wants to be the heel at yeah. times. Now, he never wants to go too far because he still wants to live here, and he, it's a small community, and he's got kids, and he's, uh, you know, he, he needs that access because, right. you know, we don't, we're not over... You know, we're not oversaturated here with sports franchises, right? right? But um, <laughs> understatement of the year. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little. He still would like to have at least a healthy relationship, I'm sure, with the Padres or San Diego State or whomever. But you know, if Scott had his way, he would turn Mighty 1090 into a reality television show, right? You know, and and like, and he uses you, yeah, to do course. that, right? And it used to bug me, like it used to. You could sort of tell, like. Now, I know you'll probably ask about what happened when I was out in spring training. I would never. But I don't know why you would ask. It, it, he used to, you know, his game, like his gig is getting under your skin. And you only give him the upper hand if you let him. Right. Which do you feel like when he criticized your spring training? You're obviously you know, laid down a nice harbinger for me here. But, you know, when he criticized your spring training at- attendance and you just flat out called him a douche. You know, that was uh, and I've said I don't I've said for years and I told you this and I tweeted this before and this is well before you guys were 
putting crossovers on the website or putting crossovers on iTunes in podcast form, you know, I said that whatever, 15 or 20, 30 minutes, whatever it was, I said, that is the best, whatever span of time that is radio that San Diego has to offer that crossover, because it's like your level headed approach and his, you know, outlandish approach and the two of you together just, and, and that probably that friction of you really, you know, like legitimately getting angry at him probably fueled how good of radio that is and then in this scenario even though you've probably gotten used to it and you you don't let him get under your skin maybe every once in a while you're like you let your guard down mm-hmm. and next thing you know he says you're an idiot for being in a spring training game and you flat out you don't and he made the distinction you didn't say it was a douchey move you called me a douche and as a listener <laughs> i really didn't know i didn't know if that was like are, is that an act? You guys, like, were you genuinely mad at him? Was he genuinely mad at you? Like, what? What was the dynamic going on there? So, it happens while we're not in the same room. I think that's an important detail to point out because when we're in, in the in same studio. room, sometimes, right? When we're in the same studio, you can make eye contact. You can see if we're gonna jerk somebody's chain or not. You can just have. So you cannot cues. make eye contact when you're doing this. Not the day where. Not that, that specific down. day. Okay. Not that day. So that probably added to the situation a little bit. But, um, you know, there was a couple things there. Number one, I could sort of hear it coming, and I, I felt like it was predictable what was coming out of his mouth. That, you know, I went out to Arizona. My in-laws live there. We went to a spring training game. My wife has a friend who lives there who took her two daughters, and we had a great day. Like We had a yeah. really, really fun day watching the Cleveland Indians take on the San Francisco Giants. And we had a fun weekend, and then we were doing the show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from Peoria. So like that was a really, really good time. And to have somebody sort of... Take a dump on it. Yeah. Again, I don't know what the lines are here language-wise. You but can say whatever For you somebody want. to... I don't want to offend the Brady children. <laughs> <laughs> So to have somebody um, that didn't, it didn't sit well with me, just what he said. And then there's the other part of it, which, you know, for the better part of a month leading up to that trip, I have an advertiser who encourages people to go to Peoria. Right. Okay. Like the city of Peoria advertises on my show. Right. Yeah. Encouraging Padre fans to go to Arizona. Yeah. They're putting money directly into your pocket. Yes. And he's taking a dump on them. Sure. And we also have sponsors who help pay for that trip. This is the way radio works. Right. We had rent it, you know, I could Go ahead. You can say it. I don't so care. we had another sponsor who paid for the trip, who pays for the travel, who pays for the hotel room. And to me, in my mind, especially in 2018, working for an AM radio station, Rick knows this from working in radio, period. You know, you're, you're approaching a line you don't want to cross with advertisers. So, number one, there's a, a bit of a personal insult going on. Uh, number two, you, you know, it's just sort of the wet blanket. Like Number three, now there's an advertising. Yeah, he's, he's attacking your livelihood as well. Sure. Yeah. Although I think that that was inadvertent in defense of Scott. That's, I'm sure it was. I, I don't think that that crossed his mind. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to be douchey. And, yeah. and Also, I hate jewelry. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so I hate <laughs> Yeah. And I O'Reilly Auto Parts is naked. <laughs> so... Um, you know, that all that sort of just got factored in, and I could hear that. I, I could just hear, like, I've been around him long enough to know what kind of mood he was in. And so I bit. You know, I, I, I yeah. did something I swore I would never do, and I bit. And I sort of, you know, showed the teeth, and I, you yeah. know, got out of that situation quickly. 
And I knew afterwards. I, I didn't even have to be in San Diego to know what was going to happen. I oh, knew he was going to go for the next were hours it. on yes. it. Yes. And then every day during this the crossover, is his reality show. Yeah. Right. This is his you reality show. You did the greatest show. thing that he could have ever wished for, of and that course. was to provide him days worth of content. So I, I knew with it. The Darren Smith. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> and the next day, he and I, um, yeah, we sort of touched base, and we had a lot of people who were tagging us both in Twitter, email, et cetera. And you know, we just, and I was serious. I was like, I, I said to Marty, I was like, I don't have to do this crossover, like. Yeah. This is 100% a professional courtesy for me. Like this this was you know when when they came back after they got fired then came back in the afternoon drive. Um you know it it was not a good relationship with them and with us cuz yeah. that was our spot. Like we were in PM drive. Right. And through no fault of our own we got moved to middays. Now, in hindsight, it turned out to be a really great thing because there's a lot of available listeners out there in the middle of the day. Right. You're, you're, uh, Plus, being done with work at 3.30 in the afternoon in San Diego in the summer isn't too terrible. Enables you to come on the Zero Chance podcast. It enables me to come on the <laughs> yeah. Zero Chance podcast. enables me to go out, play 18 holes of golf. Yeah. And in this day and age where everything is on demand and downloading and listening to podcasts is a later date, there's really... It, it's not that big of a deal like it used to be. The time slot is not doesn't carry the weight that it no. once did. If you weren't in mornings or drive time, then that's suck. that's old school. Yeah, it doesn't matter as so, much anymore. Um, but you know that whole crossover was was just sort of all right. You know, it was it was mostly my idea to just carry through the top of the hour for for geeky radio purposes. So I actually said, listen, if, if he's going to be like that, I don't have to do it anymore. Like, I, I don't get anything out of it. That's not my day part. I have a very specific contract that says I work 12 until 3 o'clock. Doesn't say 320. Doesn't say crossover. Doesn't say interacting with. The, like, it doesn't say any of that. Right. And, and you know, I just, if he's going to be like it, I, I don't have to keep doing this. Everybody cooled off. He reached out. I got back. We sort of said, you know. Play it up, see what happens, and then we just hashed it out on the air. But like in the in real time, like it was, it was real. It was real. Yeah. Like it was, it was real for me. Maybe it took him by surprise. I never really asked him about it. You know, he he seemed to want to go back and listen to it over and over and over again. I'd never, I know. I never listened saying, to it again. I went I, back and listened, and you called me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you know, I I think for me, like I was I was just a a bit bummed that I let him get under my skin when I know that that's his tactic. I know that that's his move. And that's what he does right. to a lot of different people right. around town. And that, that I swore to myself, I would never let that happen to me. And then it happened for all of those reasons. Even still, I still was like, oh, God, fell for it yeah. again. You, <laughs> knew, you knew the curveball was yeah. coming. You still swung. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, it was, it's I, good radio, I, I, I know I hate to give Scott the credit for it because it was good radio. And then even I remember in your apology, I think you said something like, you know, listen, I'll take the high road here. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't get the high. I yeah. took, I already took the high road. And I mean, it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I think the crossover, I think what makes it good is there's never any idea. I mean, what you're going to talk about? None. It's the same as our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way it should be, though. Like it's it's no organic. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like a yeah. real organic thing. And they come in, and I could tell he's not interested in. You know, there are certain things I'm just not going to bring up with him. Hey, uh, who's going to be the backup infield for the? Not going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Is Myers better? Right. Le like not going to happen. Right. We all by now know where they stand on baseball. Mm -hmm. 
and we're not going to find that common ground. So that's fine. So you just move past it and you, you know, get in a, um, you know, wet farts and <laughs> whatever else is on his mind on any given day. Things that are much more aligned with his skill set yeah. of speaking. Do you, this is a, a question I've been kind of, you know, wanting to ask for a long time. I know we touched on it earlier about your, uh, you know, your ability to interview and how good you are at it. When you were out at Peoria, you know, the, the time where Scott attacked you and you ran a show out there, I, I heard uh, the Hunter Renfro interview and I, you know, I, I've listened to these interviews and I can tell like which players are like really good interviews for you that you're like, Oh man, this is great. This is so easy. And then the guys who are, you know, they sound pretty uncomfortable on the air. They give short answers. I actually heard you during the interview start to ask a question that was a yes or no question. Stop and say, wait, let me rephrase that. What is it like? You know, you know, or, and then uh-huh. to give it an open-ended, how do you handle with, once you establish a player and maybe I'm off base on Hunter Renfro. How did you hear, how did you feel about the Hunter? So wait, just to be clear, you're talking Hunter Renfro when he called in. I I don't because we didn't we didn't have Hunter live. Okay, so in yes, Peoria. and it was called in. Yeah, so this this would have been recently. This would have been late last week. Yeah, I just listened to it yesterday when I went on the stream, and I assumed it was from Peoria. So that's mm-hmm. my bad. So yes, there was the call in one. Mm-hmm. Do you how how do you view? I mean, you've you've probably interviewed Hunter Renfro a handful of times over the years, or I guess not. Would it be years? I don't know. One year, but like, how do you, how do you years, view? Yeah. How do you? I don't I'd say know. three or four times. Okay, so do you view him as a good interview or an okay interview or a not so great interview? Not trying to throw Hunter under the bus, but I look at a guy like Hosmer and I'm like that he's. I, I don't think either one of us were good that day. Okay, I wouldn't just pin it on Renfro. I don't, and and I've never, I don't ever really pin it on the interview subject unless we do it multiple times and it just isn't working. Yeah. Because to label somebody a bad interview just because you had one bad seven-minute session with him is probably a bit unfair. Maybe I could have done something more. Um, as far as what? Just like uh, question selection? Yeah. Maybe warmed him up a little bit better. Yeah. Loosen him up. They were Loosened him nervous. up a little bit. Cause I'm uh, sure but I also thought like I could sort of sense that that one from the first answer wasn't going to go real well. Just because of the circumstances. They had a night game. He was handed a phone by a PR guy. It was a little bit noisy. So you could tell this was a situation where Renfro was probably walking from the clubhouse in Peoria to the batting cage or to the field, or he was doing little something. A little distracted out there. A little distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a fu- you could hear everything happening oh, yeah. in the Hosmer background. Hosmer walked by. Hosmer yeah, walked by. Right. So, yeah, I, I sort of sensed that this was not going to be on the same level as Will Myers. This was not going to be on the same level as Hedges from when we were out in Peoria. I just sort of knew it from the beginning. Maybe I let that affect me, and maybe maybe I sort of um, started sensing it wasn't going to be good, and maybe it changed the tone of my questions. But I I I sort of uh, yeah I I didn't think that one was going to go real well, and probably decided that early and let it affect me. But mm. again, like you know, maybe there's nothing I could have done. Right. Maybe he was always going to be distracted yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Maybe it just was the wrong time for him. Maybe he was tired of answering questions about left field and right field and whether or not he's going to make this team. I actually did. He did finish strong, though, because... Yeah, he finished he, strong. He had one good answer. Like yeah. One really good answer, I thought. Right, and you were like, hey, all right. Yeah. And then he actually said something that actually uh, it, it seemed to blow you away, blew me away. 500 swings a day? Yeah. Have you followed up? Is that normal that they take that many swings? That seems absurd to me. Yeah, um, good for him. I mean, he's, he swings a lot. I mean, I know he... should probably be swinging less... 
in the batter's box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> Take it easy, Pedro Serrano. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, I mean, and, and in years past, I would have stuck with that a lot longer. You know, my philosophy used to be I, if, if interviews weren't going really well, well, damn it, I was going to, I was determined. Like, yeah. you know, everybody in the business tells you if it's not going well, get out of it five minutes in. Just bail five, yeah. seven minutes in, get out. And I used to be so stubborn about this stuff. No way, man. And I'd go 20 just because I was determined to get something out of these <laughs> interviews. And like, now it, I have a bad 20 minute interview, not a bad. Five and that's exactly interview. what would happen yeah. most of the time. So at least he gave us a little something. I was he gave us a good line that, yeah, about where he felt like he was going to be on opening day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I think also, you know, to be fair to any athlete, I, I feel more and more like athletes who are really good interviews or coaches who are really good interviews are more the exception than they are the rule. Not because they're a bunch of really dull human beings. Some of them are. But because they're trained, professionally trained, to not say anything. They're professionally trained to not give you anything that you then could use and that you can uh, spin turn it against and them. spin yeah. and, or spin into somebody else. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago when both Cameron Mabin and Will Myers started spring training with the Padres, it was that big offseason, crazy offseason yeah. yeah. with the Terrier. With the uh, AJ Preller, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. What, wasn't yeah. Wasn't that what he was compared to? Uh huh. Yeah, okay. the Terrier. Wasn't that your avatar? Yeah, yeah. That was. I had that for a little while. What a memory. Yeah. Forget the rock star GM. Uh, just straight to the Terrier. The right? Terrier. And um, you know, I, I remember first day of camp, somebody goes up to Cameron Maben, you know, and says like, "Who? You know, to- total leading but fair question about, you know, who do you think is the best center fielder in camp?" He's like, "Me. Mm. Like I'm the best center fielder in yeah. camp." Yeah. And uh, that answer, though great, like it was a great answer. And I can tell you for a fact, there were coaches on the coaching staff who loved that Cameron Maven said that. It wasn't really controversial, even though we all sort of suspected that Will Myers was going to be the opening day center fielder, for better or for worse, and it was for a lot worse. But um, that was not a comment. You know, the, the PR people sort of grimaced at that comment yeah. and they felt like we should be doing more to to not have Coach. our athletes say this sort of stuff yeah. so you got to remember there's like that whole element from professional pr people who are encouraging their players and their coaches to be as dull as possible so that they don't end up on dead spin and uh that's just something you have to deal with you know and and that's become uh, a huge change over the last bunch of years but it's interesting that you bring that up with renfro yeah i yeah i i feel like i I always feel like i always think i could be better you know that's usually where i start when i feel like an interview didn't go all that well on the flip side because i don't want to obviously just bring up a a negative i mean and i've kind of praised your interview skills but i don't want to bring up only one that I'm guessing you wished went better, but although there were a couple those, of nice those nuggets stand at the out end, to me way more than the ones that I feel. Well, like now I feel well. even worse for bringing it up. Thank you. Um, but those are the ones I lose sleep over. Great. I hope you don't sleep tonight. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 Will Myers interview. I didn't even think to bring this up today because you know it's I don't know a week or two old, and we actually talked about it. Rick and I did uh-huh. on the last podcast, maybe two podcasts. I don't remember. But what an incredible interview. And that that did make national headlines, I think. Mm-hmm. And 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 Will's and we, we talked about it that he we felt actually did show leadership through the way that he responded to that interview. I mean, Rick, Rick and I—it's kind of an ongoing joke. So Rick yesterday was like, "Hey, 
Is is Darren on for tomorrow? And uh, are we are we good to go at Thunderhawk? Do you have any leadership DNA? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, yes, no, yeah, no, maybe I don't, yeah, I, uh, I don't know what to say. Um, but it's you know, so it's kind of an, a running joke. But that I actually thought because I I really didn't understand where Ron was coming from when he dropped that leadership DNA bomb. And then it wasn't until I heard that Myers interview that I actually felt, and I'm curious if you feel the same way, that Ron was actually maybe vindicated a little bit. Like, Will embraced that, and it's clearly something that he and Will, Ron and Will, had already talked about and established was good to go. And when he revealed that, I felt, I mean, it just, it changed everything in the way that I viewed the whole situation. So there are two, two trains of thought with this. I agree with you. I think that that will acknowledging in no uncertain terms that Ron was right. Mm-hmm. Forgot the exact phrasing, something like Ron was exactly right. That's what Meyer said. So that's great. You could say, hey, Ron was on the something. But for me, should you still say that if you're an owner? Yeah, I don't think so. So you, know, you could take that a couple of ways. You could say, well, Ron was right. Therefore, anybody who made a big deal about his commentary can go pound sand. Right. Or go kick rocks. Yeah. Or whichever. I like kick rocks just as a note to Terrell Owens. <laughs> but the flip <laughs> side is, you know, should you say that if you're an owner? You right. know, because maybe not everybody's going to be wired the way Will Myers is. Right. And, you know, you change something like that. You know, that that's the one person who they can't get through to. They can try to limit what Cameron Maben they had to say. Padres PR. Sure. Yeah. But the one person, and you heard it, played out. Week after week on the radio. Yeah, absolutely. Believe and me, I've had this conversation inside of the clubhouse with the Padres. You know if he says something in the morning, I'm going to have to ask you about it in the afternoon. Yeah. You know that that's coming. Just just so we're all clear, I, I have a professional obligation to right. ask you about this. If, you're man- right. if your owner is saying it on the morning and I'm talking to the manager in the afternoon, I have to ask you about this. Which is yeah. your way yeah. of being proactive, mm-hmm. knowing that – you're going to be rea- reactive mm-hmm. to what he says. You're right. going to react to what he says. So proactively, I'm letting you know whatever he says because I know it's going to be something I'm going to have to ask you about. Sure. Which is super fair. And and uh, I thought that Will showed I, – I thought Will had an outstanding 10 minutes that day as somebody who spent some portion of, of their offseason criticizing Will Myers. Yeah. I thought that Will had a really fantastic 10 minutes where he opened up, where not only because he vindicated his owner, but maybe not everybody would have, right? Maybe not everybody would have vindicated the owner in that situation. Maybe not everybody would embrace running out there to the outfield where he's clearly stated in the past he didn't exactly love the experience. Right. I'm a first baseman. Yeah, he was Remember from last year? I'm a first baseman. Absolutely. So showing an open-mindedness, Admitting that some of the pressure associated with that role got to him, affected him perhaps at the plate, at first base. Hosmer's the leader that we need. I thought he had an outstanding 10 minutes. And um, he just put it to bed. You know, nobody's, nobody's willing to track down Ron Fowler for the rest of time and say, well, why would you have said such a thing at such and such a time? And if they did ask him that, they'd be like, go listen to Darren's interview with Will. Yeah, That's right. Because Will knew. Will, yeah. Will, was, yeah. Will was honest about Clearly it. Really, we spoke about this. You know, I mean, it got to the point during the offseason where I sort of wondered on the radio because I, you know, I asked the Padres, why isn't Will Myers coming out to FanFest? 
Why was it Will Myers out here for the caravan? They don't ask you to do a lot in the offseason. They ask you to do one thing, right. one or the other. Like, and do you were one. the face of the franchise. You were the face of the franchise at the yeah. time. So I, I thought that, though it was completely speculative, is he that pissed with the organization that he's not going to come out here and do this? The highest paid player in franchise history because they're pursuing Eric Hosmer. Is that what's happening? Call the Padres. Why isn't he coming out here? Is our family situation? I want to be fair to Will. Nothing that we're aware of. Wow. Well, it, it sounds so you, like there's something happening here. We're just not quite sure what it was. Maybe when we get to spring training, we'll find out. I still don't know why he didn't do it. It just sort of seemed unimportant that day when we were talking to Myers about everything he was going through mentally, about speaking with somebody on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis. I forgot what exactly he said, that he's going to be speaking with a mental professional yeah. during the season Wasn't on a regular basis. And also, that was the same day that Kevin Love came out in the Players' Tribune and talked about having a panic attack with the yeah. Cavs. So it, it, uh, that was in my mind to begin with. And then Myers comes out and says all that sort of stuff. And it sort of felt like the fan fest and, and caravan stuff was, was a bit more, let's, let's, we don't need to you know, have that situation here on the radio. But, um, yeah, that, that to me, I've, I've done 14, 15 of those from out on the back patio of the Peoria Sports yeah. Complex. And that is an interview that, for me, just and and him not me that's an interview that i'll remember for a long time just because it was so refreshingly open and honest and i can't tell you how many people from the organization heard that and reached out and said yo we've not heard will like that anywhere so yeah it was, it was good really for him powerful. to get out there and really really good for him to say all that sort of stuff i t i, I tweeted about, uh, while you were still they hadn't even finished yet and i was tweeting holy crap i don't know what i said exactly but i was this interview is this is amazing. Everybody needs to hear this. And then when Marty or Jordan or whoever reposted it later, I retweeted it because it, it was I, it was really powerful. When he stuff. said, "I'm too good to be an average," oh my player. gosh, how good is that? Yeah. And I was like, "Yes, Put yeah. that on a wall. yes, you are." Uh -huh. Like that's yes, exactly. I don't even I've never heard a player say something like that. So I didn't even know how to respond to it other than to agree <laughs> with him and yeah, say, yeah. "Yes, you're right." Because he's uh -huh. right. Have you been he listening is. to my show? Yes, yeah. he's too good. To, to be an average player. So hopefully the addition of Hosmer, these coaches, uh, whatever's happening up top mentally with him, because they love his talent. Like, they, who they doesn't love his talent? Have, have you heard anyone? I have heard people within the Padres organization, not their PR staff, within the organization say that Will Myers is a better baseball player than Eric Hosmer. Like, he I, has more talent than Eric Hosmer has. Yeah, I... I I've never heard anybody say that, but I, I can understand why somebody would. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so what's it, the difference, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's the, between the, the ears. Oh wait, uh, didn't Scott Miller just uh, write a book with one of these mental coaches? Tewksbury. Um, what's the uh, what's the time? Like ninety percent mental or yep. something? Yeah, and I mean that <laughs> it could have had Will Meyer on the cover of that book. Could have, maybe someday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I found myself in the off season go, gosh, maybe they should. Get Hosmer, figure out a way to move on. And now I find myself really, really rooting for Will Myers. Absolutely. Just, just because oh, he I let us in a little bit on everything. He showed a human side that we don't often see with athletes. Because as I said earlier, they are often trained to say the exact opposite and be shut down, not open like uh -huh. Will was that yeah. day. It was really cool. But it is also cool that you got a positive reception from within the organization because maybe those reins will – those perceived reins, I guess I should say – you know, we'll loosen up a little bit if they thought it was a good interview. What perceived reigns? 
didn't you just suggest that uh, the PR staff prefers for the players to speak less than more? You trying uh, to get me in trouble now? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about reigns with me. No, I well, I'm oh sorry. no, no, I, not with you. The the procedure of like that, yeah, that no. to shut the players up and let them. Yeah, you know, because Will opened up and it worked out great. Yeah. I don't know. I did just look. I don't want to geek out too bad here, but you know, based on the Myers Hosmer conversation, I I did do a fantasy baseball league, and I looked at the preseason rankings. You know, you know, Trout's always like number one, and then you know, trickle down effect from there. But it had Will Myers like eight or nine spots above Hosmer, huh? As far as on the draft, and I know it's fantasy, and it's well, he hits more makes, homers, yeah, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. yeah, I mean, depending on the stats that you're looking at, that's in your the league. other thing too. When you talk about Myers having a bad year last year, as uh, I was reminded by somebody who who does work in that front office, yeah, he had a really really terrible year. Almost had a 900 OPS. You're right, like boy, <laughs> yeah. boy, how we've raised the standards yeah. around the Padres organization that almost a 900 OPS is like a wow, what a terrible year. year. Yeah. You should trade that guy. <laughs> Get rid of him. He was still kind of not that bad after all. Okay, so you did just mention um, Kevin Love and the Cavs. And the second you said the Cavs, I, I don't know if you happen to see this Jordan Clarkson thing that just recently came out. Jordan Clarkson, who was on the Lakers. Rick, do you follow the NBA at all? No, I don't. Good talk. Um, <laughs> so Jordan Clarkson. I'll say as much as I do on this <laughs> normally. segment as I normally do. So. Great. Thanks. Just another job. Not, not into the San Diego Clippers at all? Uh, no. Thing. San Diego Clippers. No, San Diego Conquistadors. Clippers. Conquistadors. Conquistadors. Yeah. Yes. Will Chamberlain. San Diego Rockets. Yeah, Rockets too. So uh, Jordan Clarkson, who just got traded over from the Lakers for Isaiah Thomas and maybe somebody else I don't remember over to the Cavs. Did you, Darren, happen to hear the most how he made the news in this last couple of days? Yeah, these NBA guys have very uh, unique <laughs> and unscientific opinions. This is the craziest thing. Like I know. Oh, that... I did hear about this. Okay, let's yes. hear it. What did you hear? I want your. I want now. I didn't warn you about this. So I want your. Dinosaurs were pets for really large people, right? Yeah, like the people were three times larger. <laughs> I think it was, is it Channing Fry? Somebody has a podcast where he went on and was talking about it. And he said that, that, uh, that yeah, oh yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, I believe in dinosaurs. And I was like, all right, cool. So you're not one of those weird yeah. flat earth truthers. That's, that's good. You believe in dinosaurs. That's great. He's like, oh yeah, I believe in them. Yeah. They were pets for people and people were three times the size of dinosaurs. And the guys are like, huh? Uh, what, you know, you know, we find dinosaur bones. <laughs> um, we, we still haven't found any of those, you know, giant human bones you imagine yeah. how big you have to be to own a t-rex <laughs> <laughs> all right like they reassemble all the tyrannosaurus rex bones yes, yeah the or the brontosaurus bones how big of a freaking human being like nba players are pretty tall to begin with imagine being three times kevin love size you're still gonna get swallowed whole by a t-rex oh so i that's not how i perceived it i actually perceived that they were that he, that he had said that they were three times the size of the T-Rex. Not that three, humans were. Humans That's were. What, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant three times the size of current NBA players, which would still be big. But right. I'm saying the humans were But not were bigger three, than a yeah. T-Rex. Yes, the... The humans were three times the size of a T-Rex. Right, but that's what I'm... Right, okay, yeah, I understand. That's what he's saying. That's yeah. what he's saying. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've lost my mind. I know, <laughs> right. I know what I'm talking about. Right, but you're yeah. still... How 
big of a human being do you have to be to be bigger than a T-Rex? Yeah. How dumb do we have to be to continue to talk about this? <laughs> and yeah. Why would they be pets too? Like, was there like little leashes? Like, what what do they? Is what's it they like thinking? like like the the pit bull of dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. Was the what's the one from Jurassic Park? The raptor. Oh, the, the raptor. Yeah. 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 Velociraptor. Yeah. Oh man, clever girl. I yeah. love velociraptors. <laughs> I yeah. love, By like, the way, where are the bones for the humans that were bigger than the dinosaurs? <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Because they've found exactly. bones for everything. Yeah. Right. For I want to find the bone that goes centuries you know, across all of Genesee Avenue. Yeah. Basketball players are loony, man. They are a little A, a lot little of flat earthers the, there. Those are guys that you can't stop from speaking. Yeah. Like PR stabs in the NBA, no, they no, don't even no bother. No, yeah. no, yeah. You know, they try Alan to strip Iverson. out all the personality from the NFL to a certain extent baseball, but in the NBA, they're like, no, go with it. Like, <laughs> go keep with going. It. Oh, you want to wear that pregame? Sure. <laughs> Do Russell it. Westbrook. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, you know, it works for that league. I, I, I don't hate, I hate to be the guy again, but I'm going to take a little boys break. Cue up the music. Uh, you guys can you join want me to do a live spot? Should uh, I do a live spot right yeah. now? Let's oh, do, a, do one for no. the rings. Oh, the rings. Great. The jewelry. I'll be right back. Do you want me to do a live spot? Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> do, do, do it. <laughs> well, you've heard Brady Phelps already compliment me on my outstanding wedding band. Imagine what he would say if I actually brought my wife in here and he saw my wife's wedding band and her amazing engagement ring. Well, fellas, if you're looking for an engagement ring, for wedding bands, for any jewelry whatsoever, there's only one place to go. That's the one and only Unicorn Jewelry and Watch Boutique in Rancho Bernardo. Same location, over 30 years owned and operated by the same family, unicornjewelry.com. For all of your budgets, whatever you're working with, they will figure out a way to make it happen for you. So don't be intimidated by the process. Jewelry's not exactly in our wheelhouse. Go to the one and only Unicorn Jewelry and Watch Boutique in Rancho Bernardo. That was Bernardo the fastest I've ever And ask for Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do it before you finished? Yeah. He finished right in the nick of time. I, I saw you come out. I was just going to give the, the website, and I was, I was done. I, well, I was trying to beat you. That was my goal, of course, was to beat you. That was the, I, I washed my hands with soap, by the way. Sure you did. I don't, I, yeah. Come on. I will touch your cheek right now. That's awkward. Please don't. I'm paranoid. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I've seen your mi- microphone at your office. You are very paranoid. You had your own mic. Your own is it your own cover or your own mic? Uh, cover. Just, just the cover. Mike. Mike condom. Yeah. Oh. oh okay. They're that's called. the that's name smart. for it. Yeah. That's very yeah. smart. Why don't you have any of those? I thought this was a top notch. <sighs> I mean, you blaming me for something? I don't know why you're looking at me like that. You do provide all the material. I mean, I provide right? everything. I, I know. edit the <laughs> podcast. I come do here more. and. Yeah, do I mean, more, like, bro. Yeah, you what were you, three minutes me? late. Today. I say three words every podcast. <laughs> I mean, come on, what do you want? Uh, from you me? bring today. You brought one microphone for each word that you got in. That was good. <laughs> uh, you you did. You know, I didn't give you too much grief, but you were three minutes late today. Again, this is what he does. This Darren every every week. Is that it? Every single. You got a week. dude counting your minutes? No minutes. The, only because of the precedent that was set. The first podcast hour and twenty five minutes late. Mm-mm, mm-mm. What? Okay, second podcast. The first one was at Randy second Jones' podcast. house. Second one, RJ, my guy. I love. I know you love RJ. I'm. I, hey, man, all I we miss. need is Flan now to like complete right. the whole yeah. Padres pregame show. I love the original that you BP. guys got a shot. By the way, at Pichelo's service, yeah. which was so cool that I know we we saw each other there as well. I was a you know I I don't I didn't really talk much about it, but I was you know family friends with the Pichelos. Loved their their boys and and their family and. I um I was a mess. My wife and I, you know, sat through the service, and I I mean I was a literal weepy mess. The, when the, when when Brett and Dusty got up and spoke, I was just just an absolute wreck. But it was great to see 
you afterward. It was great to see. I mean, the amount of former ball players there was just that was crazy. It was. I mean, I, I remember sitting there. The service was about to start. I had been sitting down in my seat for a little while, and right one after the other, uh, Bochi and Sosha rolled in at the same time, right? And they're both like behemoth human beings, and um, but it was it was a nice. I don't know. I felt like all of Major League Baseball came and rallied rallied together for and, it. Uh, and then I saw Brett a couple of, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, KT's thing. Oh. And said to Brett Peachula, gosh, like, next time we see each other. Please let us not, have a beer in not our hand. Not in this situation Yeah, without whatsoever. somebody. Re- Can you imagine now? Like, I, not that I'm planning on this anytime soon, but, but how awe-inspiring was it for Rob Peachula and KT's public services just mm-hmm. to see the people just yeah. forget about the people who you recognize right just the volume, the volume of, people, of people yeah you just go my gosh these people they touched an awful lot of lives yeah you know and, and that's the great game of baseball for all we say about how much it's it's long and it's it takes forever and my gosh and the dog days and this and the young but man it, it's a reminder of you know what it's meant to all of these different people who we had a chance to see right. a couple times. Oh, I mean, the not only the impact that you know sports and baseball has had on us, but certainly more importantly that the, it has within that community, like the players, the coaches. I mean, to as a father of a six-year-old boy and an eight-year-old daughter, you know, we I see coaches. I I coach them as well, but I I really I view my role as a coach, you know, yes, you want to teach them about the sport, but it's it's teaching them how to be like wonderful little people, you know, and what is the impact? And I I don't like to think morbidly about, you know, life and when, you know, what happens when I die, but I I will would be lying if I said after after all those ceremonies, whether it was, you know, Pichelo, KT, Emberg, you know, like the the impact that you leave behind. Mm-hmm is something that, I, I mean, it was so powerful to me to listen to. And guys, like, you know, there were minor league guys at Peachelow's service that you're like, I didn't know who this guy was, but the impact that Peachelow had on on their life was so powerful, and, and it does make me think about, okay, who am I going to be a, as a person and as a character, and, and what is the what is my impact going to be that I leave behind? And, that, I mean, it's I know we're getting a little deep here, but... Yeah, you know, Rick, Rick just came back from the men's room. He's like, what happened? I like the way how he tries to... Are like, you dying? Yeah, I'm <laughs> not dying. I'm fine. Thank you. I'm healthy. Okay. I like how you just tried to... Like, I make an announcement. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm leaving, and then yeah. we get a live jewelry spot. But, you know, I think I think, you know, the point I took away from that was was like, what are people going to say about me? Like, is anybody, you know, and And it motivates you to live a better life. Yes. That's that was the takeaway for me from Pichelo and KT was what are people going to say about me if this happened to have been me? You know, like, are are people going to speak this well of me? And that's it's all you can hope for. Really? There's no way to know. (laughs) know? And how amazing is that? That from again, not to be too more, but from the grave, they are still impacting us because we left that ceremony wanting to be better people than we were than when we showed up. And that meant the world to me. And, um, and I, and I really, and I saw it in, in the boys and I saw their desire to follow in their dad's footsteps. And it's like, I can't even get it. I'm a crier. So I, I need, and to. it's, you know, for me with, with, you know, in the Pichelos, like, you know, we got to know the towers pretty well. And, uh, I said to Kelly, you know, both Leah, my, my wife and I said to Kelly on the way out, like, cause we had just gotten married yeah. and KT's best friend officiated our wedding, Barry Axelrod. 
who spoke at oh. KT's yeah. uh, service at Petco Park. I didn't realize that Barry and did you. And we, were, we were with Barry the night before KT passed. And it was in the backs of our minds that Kevin had been sick, et cetera. And, you know, as, as two uh, newlyweds who, you know, um, appreciated the spirit of the towers, you know, Kevin and Kelly, like they, mm-hmm. they you know, there were all these baseball people around. And then there was, oh, uh, there's the owner of the pizza joint. And there's the guy from uh, Encinita Sale House over right. here. Like Kevin right. loved dive bars, right? Uh, what's the pizza joint in La Jolla? Um, a little tiny place. Gosh, I might have had the gunslinger pizza. Oh, it's killing I, me. I don't know. In La Jolla. Ah, it's right down there. Um, no, I'm blowing it. That's my somebody stomping grounds. This. So we said to Kevin, well, like, you know, like the way you and Kevin lived as a couple is a model for the way we want to live our lives. Yeah. Like that's, that's who we want to be. You know, we want to, we want to make sure we live life to the fullest. We want to, be uh you know we don't want to just party like a lot of those stories are about no. party but like we wanted to we just want to make sure we get the most out of our lives yeah. you know and kevin's a great reminder at 56 years of age of why you do that right mm-hmm. why exactly it is that you do that and you know we made sure to tell kelly that on the way out you know that that she you know she knew us a little bit kevin knew us a little bit better but they they were role models for us and how we want to be a married couple moving forward yeah that's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah, it's so. I, and you hate like like you said, you hate to have to have those um, situations roll up. Like you said, with seeing Brett, it's like okay, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, next and, time. Not yeah, this. and let it be a motivation <laughs> to not only be better yourself, but to be better at staying in contact with the people who mean a lot to you, who you care about, and and who have the ability to really change the way you live and set an example for how you want to be a married couple. Like I think I think that's really special. And I think that I'm sure that Kelly really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, all right. One one last thing I want to, I don't know if you saw this today. The Did you happen to see the SI covers that came out? The Sports Illustrated covers? The Yankees guys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Stanton and Judge. Now, I'm not a, I don't know. I'm, I always say this every podcast. I'm an intangibles guy, not a numbers guy. So, but I did look at the numbers. So, do you want to take a guess at where you think Stanton's home run total last year plus judges last year? You know, Stanton, obviously, with the Marlins. And I, I will, I'll, I'll lay the, the foundation that the most ever in a season was 61. I'm obsessed with, you know, 50s, 60s, like vintage baseball is my, my jam. And so, you know, Maris hit 61, Mantle hit 54 in 1961, combined 115 home runs. That's the most that's ever been done. There's, you know, and you look at the list, it's like Bonds plus whoever, uh, McGuire plus right. whoever, and then, you know, and then there's, you know, the Mantlemare. So do you want to take a guess at where those two finished last year? If, if they had been, if they had been on, on the, the same, same team. team. So Marlins, uh, 2017 total for so, Giancarlo, Judge for. What did he hit? 57? Very close. He hit 59. 59. And Judge hit 40 something. So that would be in the 90s. Judge actually ended up hitting 52. 52. Okay, so, not in the 40s. So 52. 52, because he broke, I think, some other rookie record of 49. I, I can't remember the details, but they ended up being, Probably I think. Probably McGuire's record. It might have been. So that would be 101. 111. 111. 111. Nah, not my strong suit. Yeah, I, you and I both, bro. I'm an intangible <laughs> guy. So, so 115 and 61, the most ever. And this year, there are... You know, they did last year. If they would have been combined on the same team, it would have been one eleven. Do you think that they exceed 
Mansell and Maris, or do you think that they? And this is just me geeking out. I just am curious to your opinion on this. So, um, before I do that, do you guys want to see what the the third base coach's sign is for hit a home run? Since he's got these guys, absolutely. Yeah, signs I, I, translate I really well yeah, to podcast. Right, right. I, well, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't divulge the information publicly, but I'll share it oh, with you guys oh. only. Okay, so wait. What is? What are you showing? What are you? So about this to is show the us? third base coach of the Yankees, uh-huh. right? You know that it's Phil Nevin. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I know is he's the a good sign friend. for. This is the sign for hit a home run. Ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I actually feel like if you were watching, that that would be pretty self-explanatory, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. That's so, great. Uh, anyhow, I if you it. see that during the season, know that the sign has been to hit a home run. That's really that's good. That's just yeah. that's how fun, by the way. That's totally is. just for you guys. Yeah. Don't don't share that with no, anybody. No, no, we else. won't of share that. Not. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, I think that what happens is when guys, yeah, I think that that. I love John Carlos Stanton. I wish he had gone anywhere but there. But I, know. I, I, I think that new situation. There's always a tendency to struggle a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's not just because he's playing for the Yankees. I think anybody in any situation, you go, yeah, you know, you're going from the Marlins to the Yankees. You couldn't find yeah. two more, yeah, polar, polar opposite, opposite yep. situations than yeah. what you're you're going from and going to. So I, I do think there is. A little something to it being a completely different environment for him and maybe trying a little bit too hard no doubt find his groove now he's also been a little injury prone also so yep. are you at would i bet on them breaking would the you, all-time yeah. over or under yeah. yeah knowing that 111 combined last year the record is 115 i think it'll be i think it'll be lower i think that they they started you know that they started figuring out judge a little bit in the second half of the year. I don't buy that home run derby stuff. I don't know if you guys do. No, I don't either. But, you know, they, they started working on him a little bit, and they found holes in his swing. The yeah. problem with Judge is that he's so strong, he just powers the ball right. out even. He's a lumberjack. Yeah, yeah, so even if he, you know, even if you pitch to the hole in his swing, he can still if he muscle connects, it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think Stanton, new environment, wanting to be, wanting to impress right out of the gate, I would probably say under. But not okay. because I think they're bad players, just because I think everybody in the ALE probably spent the offseason trying to look at Judge film. Yeah, absolutely. And Stanton's yeah, going to be trying so yeah. hard. To yeah, I mean, they're, and they're, they're, the lineup is... I mean, I actually think Stanton look. could... Uh, excuse me. Sanchez could be the guy. Like, yes. You know. And I don't even know the lineup. I would guess that... Man, I, I really have no idea. Maybe I'm going to sound like an idiot. But if I took a stab at it, I would think that they would have... Um, Judge in third, Stanton in fourth, because you want Stanton protecting Judge, so Judge gets better pitches because Stanton's probably the better hitter, and then Sanchez fifth to then protect. Uh, that's how I would get. But I have sounds I, right to me. I have no idea. I've never actually looked Just, at what their lineup yeah. would be. Put them all at the top of the lineup and say, yeah. "Go get them, boys." Have fun. <laughs> have fun. Try not to f it up. Yeah. So speaking of Masters and you, and obviously Hunter Renfro, we know can hit it a country mile. Um, and and in his interview, I, didn't you ask about um, if McGuire ever gets in the cage? Yeah, and he's. I was surprised. Were you surprised to hear that he never gets out there? Because never. Because there was. I saw Bonds do it. Uh, Bonds yeah. did it yeah. when he was Marlins, right? When he went with I've Marlins. Seen Darren Balsley do it. <laughs> so Balsley, the pitching coach, Balsley. is getting out there taking jacks, and Mark McGuire won't because Stairs Stairs went yard on one pitch. 
when they, and they posted that well, a couple weeks ago. Well, we technically don't know if he went yard. Yeah. That's but true. He crushed it. He crushed it, went deep. Yeah, it was come one pitch. Come and he also pulled his hammy. Yeah, he pulled, my hammy got on that one. Well, oh, no, really? He, no, he said he it. Said as he said he did. As he walked, he took one swing. It looked like it was gone. And he goes, and there goes my hammy or something, <laughs> something like that. They have some characters on that staff. I didn't yeah. realize that... I, it, Honestly, until today, I had never put it together in my head. Matt Stairs and Mark McGuire were teammates for two years in Oakland. Huh. They were, I mean, they would have been the Bash brothers if Conseco was not present in that same situation. Like, and so Stairs wait, even so looked Stairs like, played for La Russa? Yes. So, all right. So now you're just, in, now that this is becoming 96, a bit of a coincidence 96 here, and 97. Now the Tony La Russa factor is starting to come into focus. Skip Schumacher. Yes, who I yeah. love. I'm, uh, I have... Good friends in Ladera Ranch um, who live near Skip and his family, and they've become close friends with them. And so huh. I know... He's going to live there, you know. Uh, yeah, he's going to live in commute. I think I heard that maybe yeah. on your show. I don't remember. But but I, I love the Schumacher hire. Yeah. So Schumacher, La Russa. Yeah. McGuire, La Russa. Yeah. Stairs now, Stairs. La Russa. Yeah. yeah. Andy Green, promoted in the Diamondbacks organization, who was the club president. La Russa. Oh, that's right. Why I didn't Tony La Russa that? influence. What is La Russa doing right now? I don't even remember. I don't know. Is he's he not with the D backs anymore, is he? He's currently employed by the Prodigy front office, is what you're he saying. <laughs> <laughs> he might be in there somewhere. He's the guy that we <laughs> don't know about. Saving puppies somewhere. Yeah. Kitties. Yeah. I mean the La Russa uh impact is pretty strong when you you put it all out there. I that doubt it's really, all a wow. coincidence. It is really impressive. I didn't think about that. Hey, we want to be respectful of your time, Darren. We are incredibly thankful that you came to do this podcast. You're very humble and saying, oh, thank you guys. We're just two schmucks. So thank you for coming. It's really cool of you. We had a bunch of talking points in case we found ourselves having nothing to talk about, which, of course, was not an issue. Um, Rick, I apologize once again for talking over you the entire podcast. Hi, guys. I'm Rick. <laughs> I'm new to this podcast. RJ Sro on Twitter. Uh, you can find Rick, RJ Sro on Twitter. You can find me, Lob Shots. You can find Darren at D Smith Show. I know you resisted Twitter for a long time, but now you're uh, you're strong. You no, I still hate it. Yeah, <laughs> your presence is strong regardless yeah. of how you feel about it. I know, but that's that's slowly eroding also. <laughs> well, case in point, some of the stuff we talked I mean, this uh, Kirk Schilling thing that just went. Oh, I mean, my God. So... I, I really what when I that? when like, I shouted I, when I asked you I was like hey can you guys discuss this it was genuinely because I had no clue what he was talking about yeah. apparently some guy started attacking some Republican uh, woman I don't even know what she Dana and, Lash yes Thanks. thank you Dana Lash apparently he started attacking her and in his Twitter profile it said um, you know catcher for the Padres organization and then there's a string of like ten Padres tweets. That are replies, not like, you know, not tweet tweets, but replies that are like, he is not affiliated with our organization. He has been reported. He is not affiliated with our, yeah. he's not our catcher. He's been reported. His account has been reported. He has nothing to do with us. So what a Well, you cluster. remember what it was, though. Like, it was a video game, like like the show or something like that. He, like, created, like, a character for the show. Oh, see, that's even more than I knew. No, yeah. I, I had no idea. So that's, like, what the character was, like, CJ Yancey or right. whatever it was. And, and even if it was a real thing, though, does that merit that tweet from but, Schilling? And this is this is the problem I have with Twitter is that. And again, I get we're talking about Kurt Schilling, but it seems like the default setting for a lot of people on Twitter is just attack. Yeah. Just yeah. just like launch into attack right away. Yeah. It would have taken two seconds to be like, who is this clown? Right. But instead, it just was I'm going to attack. And I'm I'm just gonna drop my ordinance here and just 
start blasting people and not even take the time to logically think this through and say, like, is this really a person or who am I arguing with? Right. I'm sure it's happened to all of us where you say something on Twitter. I'm still not convinced Hacksaw's a person and I spent years attacking (laughs) (laughs) Somebody pushes back and then you look at the person's profile and you go, how how deep do I want to go with this? Right. Yeah. You know, not not because of follower count or you just sort of look and see what the person's up to. People are not defined by their follower count, but people... But it's immediate, like everybody's default setting it feels like on Twitter more and more now is just to attack all the time. Like, whoa, like nobody goes there for any sort of civil discourse. It's either to... For the conflict, or it's it's for the confirmation of your own, you know, for your own little echo chamber. Yeah, whatever that is, sports, yeah. politics, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it big, gets ugly. I'm trying to I'm trying to be big change in that. Actually, speaking of <laughs> hacksaw, I saw you and hacksaw going back and forth about the Hall of Fame. We were chumming it up today. I I've been trying so I've been trying to try to speak to your point, Darren, because I I also saw. The negativity, I saw that I was a part of it because I did have some run-ins with Axel. I didn't like that he was lying to people, and so I, you know, took it upon myself to be the, you know, truth police. And uh, and I just I realized that it was it was a dead end. I still, I mean, no one's going to jump to Hacksaw's defense, but I I felt like, what am I doing? You know, like what he's and especially once he got let go from the station, I'm like, this is just a sad old guy without a job and i just need to back off and leave him alone and try to extend an olive branch hey let me buy you a beer here and he won't respond won't respond but then if i randomly just slip in a little like oh you you know i love vintage baseball too like talking about mantle and 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 maze and schneider all roaming the same center field in new york in the 50s at the same time and he's like have you ever been to cooperstown like he get you know and then he's just talking and sometimes I wonder, well, maybe he doesn't remember on the guy that called him like a you know buffoon and a liar and an idiot. And and then and then I wonder, well, maybe he is, and he's willing to turn a new leaf. Hey, let's hang out. I'm like, I, I want to apologize. I genuinely do want to apologize because I feel I feel bad. Um, but I'm anyway. pretty sure he knows who Slob Shots is. Yeah, he gave me a nickname. That's <laughs> yeah, you anyway. and you and Dick Posner. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's ripe. Okay. Um, now that we've gone, what, like 10 minutes past me saying I want to respect your time, I actually do. Um, thank you for joining us, Darren. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone who's listening for lasting we, we, this long. We go way back to the Padres and Pines days. So yeah, I was going to say, I way guess way back. I guess I do. Even though Rick might have attacked you on email uh, way before Twitter and MySpace, um, it was maybe <laughs> it was maybe his Padres and Pints. Uh, you know, request to you that never came to fruition that maybe laid the foundation for you joining us. Today. Oh, yeah, so, I'm here for him. That's so you. good. I just want now we're on the same page. It's because of Rick that Darren is here. Everybody, you know, print it, put it on your wall. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. Adios.